Welcome to the Not A Foodie Show. I am Tom Mialli, and with me as always is good old chicken parm poppy. Say hi, Mike. What up? It's Mike Moranti, Mikey Pomodoro. Thanks for tuning in. So I got a few things, you know, through all of my scrolling through the internet that caught my eye over this past week. You know, you know Yeti, the company Yeti that yeah, makes coolers and tumblers. So, I mean, first of all, what do you think of their products? Any idea? Um... Shout out to my friend Sarah. She um, cold emailed Pete Wells, and he came to our uh, residency. So I bought her a Yeti tumbler and golf balls. Like good golf. Like I had no idea how oh. expensive golf balls were. Side note. Um, and yeah, she, I buy cheap ones because I suck. Yeah, I mean it, they were. I wanted to spend a certain amount, so it didn't really matter to me that I was just like surprised that they were so much money for twelve of them. Um, and she thought it was a great gift. And I think like the Yeti tumbler keeps drinks really cold. And when you're playing 18 holes, it's pretty fucking awesome. No so Yeti has made their living like or just made their company with products that that are good, right? Like really good products. They work, but they are just marked up ridiculously. We were looking at Yeti coolers for Smorgasburg and then... We were like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then we looked at regular coolers and they were like a third of the price. Yeah, yeah. And they they do the same job. They're great. As someone who like fishes and is on my boat for long periods of time, I appreciate a good cooler. Yeti is a good cooler. It is not worth three times the price of just like a regular Coleman cooler. Um, so I bring all of this up because today I was uh, scrolling through Twitter and I saw that Yeti is getting into the cookware game. And their first product is a camping skillet, a 12-inch cast iron skillet. Listening to what we talked about just now, what do you think the price point is? How much? 200. Higher. No. Higher. 250? Higher. 300. $400. $400 for a 12-inch cast iron skillet. Is it sentient? Is it watch your children? Yes, it's got it's got Chat GPT built into it. <laughs> it Do, cooks your it, meal like, for, for you. I don't know how else you justify that. Is it is it VR? Yeah, it's this is this is the same skillet that you can buy on Amazon for twelve dollars for twenty dollars twelve dollars. If you buy it in a restaurant supply store, you can buy it for like nine bucks. It's crazy. It's cast iron. Yes, bro, that's wild. I know four hundred dollars. It comes in a cotton storage bag though, so that's what you get. You get a you get one of those plastic scrapers to scrape down your cast iron, and you get a cotton storage bag. So I can't fathom that. Who's who's buying that? Well, I mean, they have built up brand loyalty, right? Like they've built up people love all of this, you know, having Yeti on everything. They sell stickers and it's awesome, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that personally I like Yeti, but like people like putting their Yeti stickers on everything. I don't know that anyone is going to pay $400 for a 12-inch cast iron skillet. It's ridiculous. I think someone there is like pranking us. You know what's so crazy though? If I don't know how many they're producing, right? But if they sell like five, they're gonna break even. 
<laughs> what do you mean they sell five? The the cost of goods sold on this thing is nine dollars. I bet you. I bet you. Like yeah, this, if they if ridiculous. they ordered like ten thousand, I don't know how, what <laughs> what quantity Yeti deals in. Uh, it, it's crazy. That is fucking it's wild, wild right? Though. All right. So so moving on. That's so much money. <laughs> <laughs> the the next thing that I wanted to talk about that I saw on TikTok, a TikTok trend, which I... That's more than a week of my rent. <laughs> we're not moving on? <laughs> now, now we can. Okay. <laughs> a PS5 is like 400 500 It's like 500 hours. bucks. Yeah, you can get... I mean, for two cast iron skillets, for three cast iron skillets, you can get eighty percent of the way to PS Five. Moving, moving on. The other thing that I saw today that I thought was hysterical: there's a TikTok trend in China. It's all across Chinese social media, and it is tagged "white people food," and it has become a like complete <laughs> crazy Chinese phenomenon. And it started apparently with like international students that would go and like look at like what white people ate for lunch and like just sort of make fun of it. Uh, and now it's a full blown trend. The best white people deserve. Oh it. my God. So basically, white people food is flavorless, unseasoned, like white bread ham sandwich with a little bit of like vegetables on the side or something like that, or celery sticks. And mayonnaise or like just stuff like that. So, you know, people are dubbing it like lunch of suffering. It's 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 supposed to be eaten for lunch and it has been embraced by workers who use it as a reminder that their life is better than like people who are eating this every day. So they have it for lunch. I, I mean, and and like what this this way when so they get like, home, it's like it's they're grateful for their home life and 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 everything like that. We're, well, when we're talking about like Chinese, like China Chinese food, uh -huh. you're talking like Szechuan heat. You're talking like curries, like all this stuff that like when I eat it, like heals me. <laughs> like I I I agree with you. I agree with you. And like heals heavily seasoned, like something. And so yeah, I get. I got I you. Get, yes. Yes, <laughs> it's well. Some of the quotes I I, th I thought were fucking hysterical. <laughs> so this is from um, a user on one of their social media sites. It says the point of white people's meal is to learn what it feels like to be dead. But I've taken two bites and it was so bad that it made me realize how alive I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's and then another oh. some some food blogger over there wrote it's so confusing and outrageous to eat it's just so lawless and outrageous and then it's white people food is the lunch of suffering but this stuff is like, like a very like specific white person this is this is like a midwest white person. yeah i mean because like it's it if you're from like the south you're there there's more to it if you're from the east coast you're not eating that if you're from the west coast you're also right. eh. are you gonna not all men this i was thinking like california <laughs> if, you, if you're from like fucking seattle you're probably eating that yeah i mean it's just it's hysterical i think it's i i think it's awesome and i think that i love that it has caught on through all of these different like groups like there are workers that that say 
that they take this because it makes them realize how grateful they are to come home to their families. There's like, they, there's so many people they that just treat it the way someone treats a fast. I know people that like fast to like re reset themselves and everything. Right, right. And they'll, they'll do like a 24 hour, 48 hour fast. <laughs> this is the same thing. Some people have embraced it as a minimalist way of eating that it just gives you nutrition and no, absolutely no pleasure. Just here it is. It's nutrition. You want to eat it as fast as you can because it's disgusting to them. And, that's, and it's like, you know, a bologna sandwich on white bread. So anyway, you know who does not under-season their white people meals is our next guest. De La Vega. Jen De La Vega. Jen is, I, I mean, Jen, Jen is, first of all, I can't think of a better guest to follow up white people meals than Jen De La Vega, who is the opposite of white people meals. I wish we could have brought this up too. I know, I know. Too bad. I'm gonna have to like we're, we're gonna have to tag her in this when we release it and just tell her that your lead in is white people meals. But Jen is a caterer, um, producer, author, cookbook collaborator, recipe developer. Um, she translated it, like she she's got an onigiri cookbook from some Japanese uh, manga. She didn't. She doesn't translate them. She um, recipe tests recipe them. tests them. So they're yes. translated, yes, yes, yes. and then she makes sure that they are like good. Yeah, and she's she's also been the judges on James Beard Awards and you know Guy Fieri's Go Grocery Games. She was on, and it, she's just a very interesting person who is super into the food scene. I think that what we didn't talk about enough was randwiches which is how she got her her handle which is she had a service where you would basically just text a number and she would deliver you a random sandwich it was like part food delivery part art project and i loved it i thought that was awesome so anyway i can't believe that uh this is the first time i'm meeting her let's uh let's listen to jen de la vega jen welcome to the show hello mike how do you know jen uh, through Twitter, um, one hundred percent through Twitter, and I am usually the good at like knowing when I met somebody on Twitter or how I like the group that I know them in. I don't know what how I found Jen's stuff. Um, I think maybe like during the like peak pandemic, you were doing like food pop up stuff too. Is yes, that right? it's true. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's how I just through like seeing something and being like, oh, that's cool. Let me see what she's doing and just following her. Um, and then she followed me back and now we're, we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> we met in person last week. Je Jen came to the restaurant for her birthday. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did some chicken parm and piccata and rice balls and all the good stuff. Oh, so fun. Much fun. <laughs> cool well jen first of all thank you for being here as i was doing research and mikey said you know jen's gonna come on and i was like jen you're like one of the most interesting people that i've oh. ever researched and i was like That's how so do nice. we not know each other it was like i, I couldn't <laughs> believe it you but know like, who jen knows jen knows tia like well oh of like, course everybody knows tia yeah. Everybody yeah. knows Tia. <laughs> Tia lives like right there. Oh, like, right down cheese the block. mother. Yes. That's my cheese mother. That that is um, who she is. The, the cheese mother. <laughs> yes. And she's and she's been on the podcast before, like back in the old days when we did she was she on when we were on the She radio was on station? the show. He was yeah, she was at the Radio Rampa studio. Wow. Oh wow. That's we we like, had an AM yeah. radio show. 
in 2019. Oh my god, no way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was the funniest thing. That was just like, yep, let's 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 start an AM radio show. That's so cool. <laughs> it was on a Polish language station. We were like the no. only English yeah. language programming. The it, joke in was that like yeah, in Greenpoint. Oh, but, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, I really, totally it's, it's walked right by next it to the train. <laughs> yeah, right, I know right exactly where that mm-hmm. building is. I live in Greenpoint, so. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, cool. Well, we should have had you on the show then. <laughs> I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> we were the only English language programming on that show, and the joke was that like in some Polish barbershop somewhere, there's like a radio stuck up on a shelf that they can't change the station. And they're just banging it with a broomstick, trying to get these English speaking morons off the air whenever our show came on. So anyway, Jen, your background, I I feel like you've taken the winding path that I have taken to being in like the food world or food, you know, next to the food world. Like I am, you guys are much more in it than I am, but like tech (laughs) and music and just finding a passion and finding out, you know, a way to sort of make that happen in food, um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I think it's amazing. Can you take the listeners through your background a little bit, like how you got into what you're doing right now? Sure. Uh, I will preface this with there is a through line. It may seem like <laughs> it is winding, but there is a through line. And I've recently just, um, you know, started reflecting on this, that there is always some creative bent to what I am doing. And I'm always involved with people who are trying to make new things happen, uh, you know, lots of creative pursuits. But it started way back in college when I had a radio show on 90.3 FM, Davis, California. Oh, wow. <laughs> did that you go crazy? to UC Davis? I did. Cool, cool. Yes. <laughs> I had a radio so. show, too, in college. I, got, I lost my FCC license, though, because I played Oh, old, shoot. <laughs> yeah. I played old cigarette ads. Um, it was in the oh 90s. my gosh! Yeah, 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 and I found them, and I was like, I just played them over like some punk rock music, and yeah, it was. So I lost my FCC. Oh my gosh! In We're kindred. We're kindred. <laughs> yes. If I could hold hands with you, if I could hold hands with you right now, I I did children's records in the morning. I did morning drive time. We'd play children's. Uh, instead of bedtime stories, wake up stories, and then would play gentle electronic music like IDM so that the parents would have like a pleasant drive to work. <laughs> oh my God, that's so awesome. That's so I know. great. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best time. But through that, I um, became very interested in the music industry. I had mostly been in orchestra as a child. So I was always like on the performance side of things. But then got interested in how the industry worked. And so I moved to New York City straight out of college to work at a PR agency. And so I got to work with acts like Girl Talk, Kaiser Chiefs, Black Moss Super Rainbow, like pretty cool artists at the time. Uh, But it's a very unforgiving industry. And so I hated it (laughs) and left (laughs) uh, to go to culinary school. But I hated culinary school. uh, So I dropped out. And found a little restaurant in Red Hook, New York. Like, not New York, New York, but, like, Red Hook, Brooklyn. Like, south, south, south. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's that's where I learned how to cater. Uh, and had my first experiences with weddings and cheese and charcuterie. And that's sort of the basis of my food knowledge. But, you know, it's not like I left every career. I kept accumulating careers jen i you know until i opened my own restaurant i quit jobs all the time 
I like <laughs> I, I feel that so especially in this industry. Mm-hmm. It like it no one's giving you like life changing money. So it's like yeah, I'm I'm good, I'm gonna go yes. somewhere else. Uh, I, I, I feel like I feel like I have a crisis of, and Mike, you know this about me. I, I have a like a crisis of career every mm-hmm. decade or so, and I'm I'm older, I assume, than both of you. Um, You're a professional and, and podcaster. <laughs> what do yes, you mean? Now you, you did like, it. I started <laughs> in, it. Yeah, seriously. What, what like, crisis how, this... could you possibly have? And I'm still looking through for that through line, like how I got here, mm. like record scratch. How did I get here? But like right. I, I, you know, started in PR, I did tech and then ended up weirdly in, you know, doing social media stuff, doing startup stuff mm-hmm. um, and then weirdly just being like the food guy. So I'm still looking for what the through line was, but I'm glad you found yours. But I, I, I love that. I love I think that Always I've taken <laughs> all of the experiences that I've had over the years um, just make make what I'm doing now better. You know, like mm-hmm. make, what, yeah, exactly. just piling on everything. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. So I bounced from restaurant to a nonprofit theater <laughs> to a tech company um, and then decided after the tech company, because I've saved up all this money, paid off my student loans. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to start a catering business. And guess what month it was? <laughs> February of uh, 2020. February 2020. Uh, 2020. Yes. Oh my god. Um, That's a theme of this show, by the way. Like, I I, I was just listening to a couple interviews that we did, and everyone was like, "Our my pivotal moment when I was going to change the world was February 2020." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, New Year's Eve 2020, like December 31st, 2019. uh, I was working at this really great Italian restaurant, and Daniel Jones, the Giants QB. And his buddies from Duke were in the PDR, and I was the head server, so I was taking them. And he, Dan is like, Mike, you got to do a shot with us. And I oh, said, no. <laughs> I said, Dan, listen, if I ask to do a shot, they're going to tell me no, but you're the quarterback for the New York Giants. If you ask, they have to tell you yes. Yeah. So New Year's Eve 2020, I'm doing shots of Don Julio with Daniel Jones. I'm like, oh, oh man, 2020, this is going to be my fucking year. The best like, this, year This ever. is how 2020 starting? It's going to be incredible. I have eight weddings to cater. I have two cookbooks to work on. I'm so excited. And then it all ended for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not like the weddings were postponed. They were canceled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, my God. That it was, was pain, a painful. Time. <laughs> such a horrible painful. time. <laughs> but so what did you do from that? that yes. You yeah. Did that, like that That caused a bunch of pivots for you, like right? I tried everything. Every single thing that you could think of. I started an Etsy store. I started shipping spices across the country. Uh, I bought my cookbook in bulk and was able to ship them out individually. So I got the money directly instead of it going to, you know, Amazon. Plug, plug uh, your cookbook. Oh, yeah. My first cookbook was called Showdown Comfort Food, Chili and Barbecue. Yes. And it's I want to really get into fun. that because I, because I, sure. from what I've read, like and we don't have to go right into it, but I am gonna pull on that thread a little bit because I wanna I wanna know how you wrote that cookbook <laughs> that that is like I because I, I know that book and I can't believe that I like you know haven't met you and like I don't oh. have the book but um I, now I'm gonna have to buy it directly from you <laughs> um but anyway like you got so cooking competitions and all of that stuff like how did like mm-hmm. how did that happen how did how did you just start with cooking competitions. 
I would say there was a very unique Brooklyn zeitgeist of cooking competitions around the mid 2000s. Oh, I remember There was those one days. happening exactly. There was one happening like every weekend or every quarter. I became really good friends with Matt Timms who uh, put together the Brooklyn takedowns. So it was like chili competition, lamb competition, um uh, lobster, uh, fondue. So every sort of genre of food, he made a competition about it. And I was an active participant. And, you know, I may not have won every time, but I created like a very unique collection of recipes that were like, um, you know, ingredients you hadn't heard of, um, things that are served in large quantity. And so catering obviously fit into that, you know, right afterward. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and then the um, book came from came from those recipes? It's correct. It is 100 recipes from my eight years of cooking competitions, wow. including including a spot on Guy's Grocery Games. Oh, okay, wait. <laughs> Did you win? I'm not allowed to say that because Food Network oh, get really mad at yet? me. No, is it's it... on, but it's a rerun. So it it is always on. <laughs> I just, I've had this thing where... I, I would dominate guys' grocery games. I have no doubt. Like, I, I've I've talked about it before. I, I have said no that doubt. too, but I I think like if anything, I would just like get my cardio up. Like when yes, yeah, that it is was tough. Like, it's when tough. I don't work out the way I used to, but like in my <laughs> mid twenties, when I was like at the gym like every day, I was like, oh no, I will demolish anybody. I'm so big and like deceptively fast. Uh, yeah, I was at a disadvantage because what they don't tell you is those shopping carts have $5,000 worth of cameras on them. Oh, so, wow. So, you know, so they're really heavy. heavy. They're heavy duty. It's heavy. And they don't have a good turning radius, you know? <laughs> it, it all makes sense as you're saying it. <laughs> yes. Um, but I had a wonderful time. I have to say Guy Fieri is a great hugger. Smells good. <laughs> Guy loves very, small businesses and good food. What else can very, you ask for? encouraging guy gave us uh, a pep talk before we went on you know we were really nervous you know i've never been on tv like that before um and i had a good time i made friends you know the competitors were became my friends so i hear that uh, a lot i have, I have all, a lot of friends that were like on chopped and on shows like that that are that they came out of it whether they won or not they came out of it just with this oh yeah these friends you know these band mm -hmm, of band mm -hmm. of brothers and sisters that they went through, yeah. you know, that they went through. Something we called like. each other. We called each other the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like three girls, you know, we're like, yeah, the sandwiches. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> well, if folks are curious, it is season 10, episode five, the cheesy special. Let's go. All right. We're putting putting a link <laughs> on the show notes for that one. Yay! <laughs> so the cooking competitions led to the cookbook. How did Attack the Pantry come about? Well, first of all, what is Attack the Pantry, and how did that come about? Okay, yeah. Um, Attack the Pantry is a streaming talk show hosted on Twitch. So Twitch.tv is normally a video game streaming platform. I do that as well. Like, I love video games, and I stream uh, games. Like, I was streaming Skyrim. I was just today streaming One Piece Odyssey. And so I love I love that stuff. Um, but on Wednesdays, uh, a couple times per quarter, I will uh, host an interview talk show or a cook-along called Attack the Pantry, uh, and it's super fun. I get to interview authors about their upcoming books, um, people who don't actually cook. I talk to them about their, you know, what they make and how they feed themselves because it's really fascinating. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm I'm always mm-hmm. fascinated by that, especially like I I don't know. I think you know Mike Mike knows I cook dinner mostly every night. Like I, we're recording Jen, this and it's almost dinner time. And Tom ahead, is the best home cook in America. Oh, I, I don't I don't say that lightly. Nice. I don't say that yeah. to blow smoke up his ass. I say it because it's it's very true. He, you he care. says, he he says it in front food. of my kids. Yeah, because he wants me to get on a. a the, oh, I want him to go on next level chef more than anything. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you can go as a home cook or social media chef. It's fine. You'll go. You'll do, you'll yeah. Go. <laughs> Do All it, right. do it. I want peer, it pressure, peer pressure, peer pressure. But no, really though, there are very few people for like in the industry even that look at food the way Tom does Aww. and care about it and know about it and research it and like all all that. Like there, when I can teach Tom something, I consider that like a win. Like and it because it doesn't happen a lot. Oh, you teach me lots. I and all of this is to say that I am this theoretical like cook like i cook at home for my family and i cook you know i have barbecues and i think and things like that but i could never do what like what mikey does in a restaurant no i called you a home cook not a chef yeah i am i am i am i and i wouldn't even call myself a chef i am a cook at home and that's it i cook for my kids and my wife i started as a home cook you know like i started from from where you are i love entertaining uh that's actually how it started. You know, when I was in the music industry, every Sunday I would uh, invite my coworkers and people I met in bands to come over for grilled cheese. So it all comes from that little seed of like entertaining people on a regular basis. And so, I mean, you could do it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm like, I, and I, I feel the same way. And I think it's like, I, it, for me, it's probably a, like my background growing up, like a, Sunday dinners, I grew up Italian. So like Sunday dinners was just mm, everybody yum. was over and large. I, I love large format cooking. Like I love just yes, cooking. not same. just like Italian. Like I, I do a giant three foot paella at over a campfire <laughs> and like I, I love doing, doing crazy Ambitious. things like that. Yeah. That's great. So anyway. What I was, we got sidetracked. What I was going to say is right now, like I'm cooking dinner. It's, it's close to dinner time or I'm going to be cooking dinner right after this. And I know like I'm for dinner tonight, I've been marinating pork chops. We're going to have Korean barbecue pork chops. We're going to have, you know, some lettuce wraps, things like that. Right. And that's, you know, that's a weeknight dinner. It's a simple dinner. And I feel like it's simple for me, but like that is really, really complicated for somebody else. And it's always fascinating Mm -hmm. to me to like, you know, and I'd love to hear your input on this. Like the people that call into your show and are asking yes. for advice. Like how did like how do how does a normal person eat? I guess is what I'm asking. Trying not to sound is... like a snot. No, no, no. <laughs> um, this is why I have my show on Twitch because it is notoriously a a gamer community who do not eat well. They Doritos. don't really. Yeah, Dorito. Like a do. lot of this. The sponsors of Twitch are like energy drinks, microwave oh, yeah. stuff, um, easy like hot pockets. And I mean, I, there's a place for that in my life. You know, you'll catch me eating that stuff on Instagram. I love it. But it's no way to like live sustainably. And so it's really interesting to be at that intersection of gaming and food um, to give them a sort of 101 look into my life. Like a lot of people have genuine questions about like, how do you decide what to eat every day? Like that is such a big question for people every day. It is 
so interesting to me because I have this never-ending list of things I want to make. <laughs> no, I know. But they I don't the know that way. they can do that. They don't know that they can do that. It, and I'm like, listen, bookmark stuff when you're browsing, like, on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And, you know, look it up. Like, everything is available to you right now. That's oh what's so amazing are, about the internet world. Yeah. Yes, we are in a, a place, like, right now where I can get any spice that I like I used to have to go to like you know you have to go to Calustians or someplace like that in oh my New gosh York such a like, trek yeah and, and you'd have to do it and it's like you if you wanted to plan something out like you know you'd you'd have to do this but like today I I knew that I had pork chops and I knew that I had you know gochugang and I knew that I had you know soy sauce and sesame oil like all these little things in the back of my pantry and this was a like just just do it and I feel like we're mm-hmm. in this era now where it's just not hard to get any of that stuff. Really? It, it really isn't, especially with delivery, mail order. Um, a lot of companies actually are investing in Twitch as like uh, like an interesting platform to show people like uh, meal kits. Like that, those are a yeah. big hit on Twitch right now, and I they've sponsored a few of my streams. I don't know if you saw that back there, but um, it's been cool because I advocate for that like you know for chef level people and people who are pretty experienced meal kits are not for you but for the 101 person who doesn't really know how to take care of themselves (laughs) a step-by-step guide is totally a great place to start i have two things yes the first is with home cooking it's a knowledge of i think three things it's uh technique flavor profile and just Mm -hmm. actual knowledge of ingredients Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you if you grew up in a in a house that just did like string beans and chicken breasts and that's it. You don't know what anything is. When you go to any grocery store, there's like 50 different types of vegetable and you can't name every single one. (laughs) Um, And then I have a friend who likes to cook. She's not a chef or anything. And what Mm -hmm. she does is she, um, she goes on the HelloFresh website and looks up like oh, recipes. Yeah. Without subscribing just, to it. Yeah, yeah, and then just goes and buys the stuff. That is one way around it for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I was just going to say HelloFresh. I hope they're not your uh, your sponsor or partner. Not on currently, your no. Stream. Okay. Because now they they're were, not going to be our currently. sponsor for the show we, we anytime cut that right soon. Off. So. You just fucked us, Mike. Whoops. Thanks. Whoops. You're, you're the producer. Just... <laughs> just you know beep she it out and beep put some and elevator some music <laughs> yeah just put some elevator music whenever uh we have some offensive content yeah oh <laughs> uh, so what's a typical like caller into the show what are what are they asking or um, a, a, so a texter a you know like how do, a, a people, chat like, participant chat. yeah Duh. like i don't know why i couldn't think of the word I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're coming from the, um, you know, TV marathon, uh, you know, yeah, telethon. Uh, no, it's like sports sort of radio, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's not wrong, you know. Um, instead of having callers on audio, we have them in a chat window and we can interact with them live was, as we're streaming. So, for example, I had Abby Balingit, who is a Filipina baker on my show. She has a new cookbook called, out right now called Mayumu. And folks were asking about, like... You know, what's your background? How did you get into this? Um, where do I get these specialty ingredients? Like, where do I get, you know, uh, this this specific rice flour? Where do I get um, pandan leaves? 
And so we get these uh, really wonderful questions from the chat and we answer them in a quick fire sort of way as we converse about food, much like how we're doing this right now, except we don't have a live audience. Right, right. Is the answer to <laughs> Pandan Leaves H-Mart? No, not always. Oh. <laughs> not always. More more a Chinatown thing. Uh, hmm. I did find uh, Asian Veggies and Wee.com do deliver those, but, you know, delivery fees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather go walk to Chinatown and go do that. Yes. Well, um, I, that I feel like I, is one of my favorite pastimes is to go walk around a market where I have no idea what mm-hmm. this ingredient is and then go down a rabbit hole for the next three months of using that ingredients. Like I've said that a bunch of times. But yeah. yeah. I, I'm obsessive. I walk up and down every aisle of a grocery store if I've never been in there. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And I, I went I, to I Thailand. And my wife will tell you, <gasps> sorry, Mike. Yeah. I, I be real quick. My wife will tell you that I will not go to stop and shop like on Sunday to do our like, <laughs> it's too much. Just no, it's I just, too many like, people. I'm just like, I can't <laughs> deal with it. But like, I will go to the little local, you know, Korean grocery down the block or I'll go to Chinatown and in Flushing and, you know, or, or go to Jackson Heights and walk around markets all day. That is mm. a pastime for me. The best. So sorry, Mikey. Thailand. It's okay. I went to Thailand and I went on a floating market and it, I'm at the spice thing and I oh. thought I got saffron for Tom, but it, it was safflower. It was safflower. And then he just went through like a rabbit hole of like cooking with <laughs> safflower. Do you still have? There's no way that's still good. No, I I think I threw it out when I redid the kitchen last year or yeah, two years was, ago. I, that was like when I for my 26th birthday. That was five years ago. So there's no yeah. Oh, yeah. babies. I used it in <laughs> I'm, I'm 31. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than you. <laughs> I think I'm older than both of you. <laughs> but um, I used the safflower. I, first of all, I, I was like, oh, it's saffron. I'll make a paella. Then I'm like, oh, this isn't saffron. And then I <laughs> went down the rabbit hole Whoops. like, oh, this is saffron. Subtle difference yes. in the and spelling. It was a, just the thought that counted. You thought you were bringing me a kilo of of saffron. Yeah, I was like, oh, for like, five bucks? Yeah. This is like, Let's yeah, this $20,000 worth of saffron. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for five bucks in Thailand. Your first hint should have been the $5. Yeah. You're like, yes. wait a minute. Thailand. I, don't, I got a Supreme wallet for $5 too. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. It's Money bags supreme, over here. Supreme, not supreme. It's, it's that one little thing. Cutting, we're cutting an orange. Is that exactly? What we're doing? <laughs> the logo is just a supreme orange. Actually, that's a really good Ooh, parody. I miss saw that. Somebody make this merch. Somebody yes. make the merch. No, that's that mikeypomodoro.com slash shop. By the time this pods up, we'll be fan selling. art. Fan art. <laughs> Let's go. So what um, I what I love about um, everything that I've read about the cookbook, because I, like I said, I don't have the cookbook, mm. and, and it is a shame that I don't, is that it takes a lot of the ingredients that either you grew up with or that you've discovered or yeah. that you know you've sort of found along your journey and puts it into um, barbecue and chili and and things like that. And I mm-hmm. like I love doing that. I think I mentioned on the last podcast one of the former podcasts like i when i make italian spicy sauce i use gochujang in oh it yum because it just is better than using chili flakes i feel oh like. my gosh it's just more flavor and you know everything like that so i i love that like what That's so what are some idea. of the things that you have like wh- 
created barbecue mm-hmm. wise using like weird ingredients or not weird ingredients non-traditional <laughs> ingredients. unusual traditional ingredients um gosh i <laughs> don't have it in front of me maybe i should just go grab it real quick <laughs> <laughs> i mean well so i'm filipino and um not all of it is barbecue so like there's a lot of comfort food in there uh so uh a soup that i like so adjacent to the chili so i did a lot of chili cook-offs adjacent to that i made a lot of competitive soups as well so in the family of congees i have aroscaldo which is like hot rice basically so it's um uh, infused with ginger and it typically has stewed chicken in there that's kind of our our grandmother's healing soup that we have when we're sick you know mm-hmm. instead of matabal we're having aroscaldo um but the way that i treated it is instead of stewing the chicken i dehydrated the chicken and make it into more of a pork song floss texture oh yeah yeah yeah. and it's adobo flavor Sick. so it has oh adobo God. chicken uh threads on top of it if you can imagine with like fresh scallion and ginger uh over a rice porridge um another genre of this is champorado which is a chocolate sort of rice pudding or rice porridge that is usually served warm uh and with sweetened condensed milk but in the cookbook i've done a savory champorado which is um, so I use dark, dark chocolate, don't add any sugar, and then I do a spicy longanisa sausage with it. So oh that's kind gosh. of where the barbecue comes in. Ooh. So using a lot of Filipino barbecue techniques and flavors, uh, you know, complementing the other things in there. I feel like super fun. this book has been in existence for what, like six years now? And I'm about, like, yeah. I am like really, really upset with myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late, everyone. Yes. It's not too late. You can still make your own smoked tasso ham and use it in my chili recipes. Yes. The smoke monster is what I call it because I was watching Lost at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, very, very right. So now I'm definitely reference. buying the book. Yeah, yes. lots of mid-2000s going on in that book. I was in yeah, high school. Lots. <laughs> oh yeah see i told you i'm older than you <laughs> um re- real quick uh we were talking about before we recorded and it's kind of like i was following you before but then it caught my attention because you started doing just one piece live tweeting yes so very epic yeah tom tom you you know um you know what anime is so i do know what anime is i know what, you know and manga is my- the comic yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So, so One Piece is the longest running, still running manga and anime. Mm-hmm. It, okay. Correct. And longer so than can Naruto. I, can, <laughs> can I get this on like Crunchyroll or like I can watch? Yes, it no, is it's actually it's it's dubbed on uh, Netflix too. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I just I watch like the first big portion of it and then I just stop because it's just too. It's much. a long ass show. It's yeah. too much. Um, but what they have about a thousand episodes and only a hundred filler episodes, which is when mm-hmm. the, the, uh, manga, when the anime is waiting for the manga to catch up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, Jen started just fucking live tweeting this show and just taking photos or screenshots and just be like, wow, look at this. Look at that. LOL. There was a reason. There was no, a reason. I, for yes. This. I, yes. I'm, I'm t- it, this is, <laughs> I'm teeing you up. I'm lobbing this to you. <laughs> 
So, but she just she just did it for like a long time. I was like, oh yeah, this girl's just like real into this thousand episode anime. And I my, went head first, head first. You yeah. met Marco, right? My business partner. I think so. He's yes, big we in, did. Yeah, he's big into it, and his friend who also used to work for us, Luis, is like huge into it. I didn't so, talk to him about this. I should talk to him about this. Yeah, that's so, so funny. So, uh, so what, Jen? why she watched it was very fucking cool and i'm gonna let her talk about it <laughs> yeah so one piece has a cookbook for the first half of the anime that published in japan uh two years ago well, and one of the main and, guys on it is a chef and he's a ladies yeah. man and he smokes cigarettes and he kicks yeah. i know this yes i know so his name's sanji okay. yeah yes. sanji uh, so he's the chef on uh, on the ship, and he has a cookbook that came out in Japan. And so I was approached by Viz Media, the U.S. publisher for the manga, uh, to help test and go over the English language translation so that people here in the United States could uh, buy it and read it and cook the food from the show. And so, so that was a really fun project for me. <laughs> so Jen oh, is wow. the closest is it- thing to real life Sanji you'll ever meet. <laughs> No, it's scientifically proven. (laughs) (laughs) So is the cookbook out? Has the cookbook come out? It is out. Yes. Yeah. All right. um, It's totally out. It's One Piece uh, Pirate Recipes (laughs) by Sanji. The byline is by Sanji. Nice. So my daughter is really into manga. I'm going to have to get this. Oh, cool. She's going to listen to this podcast. By the way, Mike. It's a wonderful. No, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say that the the One Piece cookbook is a great beginner level uh, cookbook. And it's 50 recipes, um, not scary. You can uh, zhuzh it up and stuff, it, but uh, it's meant for, you know, people who, it, it's who are not used to cooking. It's meant for people on Twitch. Yeah. yeah, it's meant for people on Twitch, people who read the manga. <laughs> So, younger younger audience for sure one of the one of the things that like mike i've been wrapping my head around is that you know because we took a pause for two years is that now my kids listen to podcasts all the time oh and so they're going to totally start listening they're going to listen to this they totally are and they ask me every day like who's on your shoes who are you interviewing tonight who, who you're interviewing so you know i said we've got jen de la vega and I said, you know, she does a whole bunch of stuff. And then I said, she's also got a show on Twitch. And they were like, what's her name? And they, they start, like, you know, <laughs> like looking for you. If I would have known so about nice. the about One Piece and the One Piece cookbook, they would have wanted to be, like, right over my – my daughter, anyway, would have wanted to be, like, right over my shoulder while we did this interview. So That's so cute. I will definitely oh, let her I know. Love. <laughs> um, supplemental to that, actually, if you love just Japanese cuisine, uh, I also helped test the English language uh, translation of onigiri. So an all-rice oh. ball cookbook. Oh, sick. Wow. Yeah, That's- it's awesome. We we love it. I there's some again. My daughter is very into that, and there's a Japanese market that also has you know they've got manga figurines everywhere, but they also just have a <laughs> onigiri like shelf that she just goes to and just like that's that's Dude. her like favorite snack, and it's one of my favorite well, snacks. The best. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. But I learned so much from that book, like how to how to properly cook rice you know the motion of of washing rice in the in the rice cooker is called fua fua <laughs> i do it's now like fluff, 
fluff fluff like so you're getting all the extra starch out and washing it out and then so that the rice is going to be extra like fluffy it's so cool i was like what i never knew there was a name for that particular stirring motion (laughs) i love that they should say that so like when you answer the phone in in uh japan you go mushy mushy like that's that should be fluffy 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 it's much better. <laughs> so, Jed, do you speak Japanese? Or do you read Japanese? No. No, no. It was just sort of like, this is the translation. Like, let's see how this works. I and... picked up, you know, from from the cartoon, I've picked up, like, the proper way to say things. Like, right. itadakimasu. <laughs> like, we're going to eat. Thank you for the food. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the I, I... recipes were already translated, right? You were just, like, recipe right. testing them. I was making sure that it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I was testing and uh, making sure it was legible and all that. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of that now, right? You're doing you do a lot of cookbook collaborations where you recipe test and you do I do layout and design and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm I'm not so much on the design side of things. I'm more on the testing and development side. So okay. I can be doing as much as I could be doing writing. I could be doing testing. I could be helping somebody figure out how the recipe is written. So that's development is not necessarily testing. Testing is when the recipe is done and I'm just making sure that we are being accurate and that somebody can understand that. The development is when a chef or a collaborator comes to me and says, I want it to be like this, but I don't know how to get there. And so Uh. I'm the person that kind of workshops it with them. And we get it to the stage they want it to be. I, I, we need to have a meal together. Like, I, yes. this is, this is like, <laughs> wow, I know a restaurant yeah, we could like... all go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Yes, we would. We definitely want to go to Mikey Pomodoro and, and slam some chicken sliders. We need to cook together is what we yeah, need to do. Yeah, cook together. Cook together is what clarify, we need clarify. to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. We, we, well, you know what? Now that. The everyone's vaccinated and everything. We should bring back the uh, not a foodie uh, vacation thing that we did. Summit. Oh, <laughs> the food <laughs> the summit. summit, the North Fork Summit. I was thinking, Mikey, that we need to have a not a foodie festival and just invite all of these people that know how to cook to just I don't know. We'll rent out a hall someplace. I'm sure Ooh. Jen can help help us with that. Sure, <laughs> just have a big party. <laughs> Where can people buy your uh, cookbook? Um, so I have a bunch of links. So if you go to Linktree slash Randwiches, that's pretty much everything that I'm working on. So there's a link to my cookbook. There's a page of all the other cookbooks I've worked on, uh, my Twitch channel. So you can follow me on social if you just Google Randwiches <laughs> and Jen, you'll be able to find me very quickly. Um, but I guess the next book that's coming out for me is going to be uh, Islas by Von Diaz. Uh, it's going to be on Chronicle Books. It's coming out in August. Very, very excited. It's it's a hundred recipes from uh, island cultures. So like typically islands that have been colonized. And so um, talking about the resilience of uh, the peoples that live on these islands and the foods that we don't really know about. So uh, it's been, it was a wonderful project, and I'm excited for that one to come out soon. Oh, that's amazing! Awesome. That comes out in August. You said, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, definitely August-ish, going on my yeah. shelf. Cool. Yeah. So one last thing before we go, I want to, because uh, I know, and I want you to tell everybody uh, what Randwitches is and why is that your oh. social handle? Because I thought that was so cool too. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, Randwiches is a portmanteau of random sandwiches. And um, when I was trying to figure out my life in food uh, between jobs, I, I wanted to see the city. I wanted to see New York City, and I wanted to bring lunch to my friends. And so I started a random sandwich delivery service. <laughs> and instead of tips, I would ask people to post about the sandwiches, which is how I got the word out and built my social media following. I, so random sandwiches. I did the same thing. I would just DM people yeah. and be like, hey, I'll, I hey, do you want a sandwich? Parm. You just have to follow me and post. Yeah. 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 I literally would go all the way to the Bronx. I would hand deliver stuff to Harlem and I live in Greenpoint. So I would go all over New York. So I got to explore New York, see my friends and feed people. It was really cool, but totally unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it was Which it, is, the, you like, know. the concept was like people would just order a sandwich and you would, you know, make them a sandwich, like the, a random sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like it, they didn't literally, know what they were yeah, getting. That's yeah. All it was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Which I was love so it. fun. You know, I keep talking about bringing it back in, but I need to figure out how the money works with that because, <laughs> yeah. you know, two thousand seven ten dollars is different from twenty twenty three ten dollars. Oh, know? you can you can definitely charge twenty bucks for for that if someone knows who, like if someone knows who you are or and knows sort of <laughs> what they're getting. Like I think it's I, it's awesome. There's a way to scale it. We'll figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Thanks. I'm in. I'm, Thanks, everybody. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm in as your business partner. Let's do it. <laughs> you, you just have cool. to sell a lot of them. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you have to do it. In. You got to do it for like a week. It's like a pop up, and this is it. And it, it has to be to promote something else. That's what it has to be. Yeah. Like, that's the oh only way gosh. that it works. <laughs> but <laughs> it's my PR background thinking as well. But. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jen, I'm going to go uh, barbecue some uh, some pork chops. Um, and thank you again for, for joining. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for having me. And we're back. We're back. Like, like Jen, the radio. Jen's awesome. <laughs> yes, Jen is amazing. And like I said before, I feel uh, like it is – I can't believe that I've been involved in food and food media for so long. And this is the first time I've ever really spoken with her. And I'm like ashamed. I bought yeah. her book, and it's amazing. I like. I am. I am a huge Jen De La Vega fan, and I can't wait to uh, to do more with her. Yeah, and like I I said in the interview, she was so easy to get. Like I followed her, she followed me back, and we just became friends. Oh man, yeah. She's she's just a genuinely nice person too. So, tasty bite. Oh, tasty bite. What what was the best thing? That you had in the last week. All right. Well, it's grilling season. I mean, it's always grilling season for me. And but I, I I've been jumping on the charcoal, spending a little bit more time outside. You know, not just a quick weeknight gas grill. Um, but Nick Sharma. Do you, Nick Sharma wrote a book called The Flavor Equation, and he has this recipe. It's, it's Indian flavors, and he has this recipe for. Uh, a steak and which is phenomenal and I made this the other night and it is one of my favorite like I get bored of just steak and we have steak once a week I get bored of just you know doing steak so I'm always looking for ways to sort of juice it up a little bit and he has a coffee and chili rubbed steak that you serve over a burnt cachumbra salad the cachumbra salad is chilies red onions, 
uh, little tomatoes. It's a, it's an yeah, and you and you just char yeah. it all, and then let it come to room temperature. Toss it with some dressing and some cucumbers, and it becomes this like almost like a relish. And then the steak, it sits for you know five or six hours with a rub that's got like chili and coriander and coffee. It's like a really intense Indian rub. And the two of them just go great together. And so I did, we had a friend over, so I got like this gigantic ribeye. It's like two and a half inch thick ribeye and did a little reverse sear where I put it in the oven for probably for like an hour at like 200 degrees just to get it up to temperature and then did a really nice sear over the coals to get that nice char on it. And that was my bite of the week. I paired it with a Melbeck, but before that I had a Negroni. Because it's summertime and Negronis are my summer drinks because I'm basic like that. Uh, not an Americano. Not an Americano. You didn't do an Americano. I did not do an Americano. I, I, I ginned uh, up my Americano. <laughs> what was what was your bite? So, you have kids. Uh, that's what they tell me. When, when your kids were having their first and second birthday, mm-hmm. th- those birthdays are for you. They're not for the kids. They don't remember that. Right, right. Was there a lot of booze at them? Yeah. Uh, my son's first birthday was we rented a VFW hall or some some hall somewhere. And we had, his birthday was right around Halloween. And we had a costume party. And the adults all got dressed up. So, yeah, that, that was fun. And my daughter's <laughs> something similar. We rented out a hall. And we had, like, a petting zoo. And, yes, there was booze. There was an open bar. It wasn't a petting zoo. It was like we had a magician that had animals. <laughs> Some magician from Queens who bought like cages of bunnies to, to you know, show around. <laughs> it was definitely not like, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't a menagerie, like a billionaire's birthday party. It was in a VFW in Queens <laughs> with some sketchy dude who had rabbits in cages. So, so anyway, sorry to hijack that. Go ahead. So over the weekend, we went to a, a second Second birthday, a two-year-old okay. birthday, and um, I made uh, rainbow sherbet jungle juice. Oh boy, that's a my, that was a staple in my house on New Year's Eve growing up. Like my mom would make wasn't rainbow sherbet; it was always like orange sherbet, champagne, um, or sparkling. It was probably Uniti because it was like the eighties, um, and you know a whole bunch of liquor. And it was, uh, we were not yeah. allowed anywhere near that punch bowl. Yeah, this was uh, two quarts of rainbow sherbet, uh, one, one and a half, you know, the big boy bottles of uh, cherry limeades Fedka, a one and a half of <sighs> Malibu coconut rum, a bottle of Prosecco, Sprite, and pineapple juice. Oh my God, that is a hangover in a glass. That is, that, I, I mean... didn't drink any. <laughs> those drinks like that give me very bad tummy aches. Oh man, yeah, that is. But that'll that'll kill you. It was you. delicious. I, I'm sure. And dangerous. I'm sure because it probably tasted like candy. Like it was so good. Oh, and and this sherbet has a little like dairy in it, so it was like super creamy too. It was, <laughs> I like they're gonna talk about it forever. How <laughs> fucked up did you get those two year olds? Did you get them drunk? <laughs> no, but they they rented a bouncy house, so that was pretty cool. They had a lot of fun in there. Bouncy houses are deadly, man. I don't I don't let my kids do it anymore. Oh, it's like a recipe for bloody nose, oh, totally. like, and it's never like it's it's never like on purpose, so like everyone feels bad. Like. Yeah, no, of course it's all it's just 
it's not like there's anything malicious about it. It's just a recipe for someone getting hurt. <laughs> and that's it. And that mixed with jungle juice compounds it. Like, that's... <laughs> because then all of a sudden you have adults that don't care. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> all right, dude. One, one of the guys didn't believe I put alcohol in the, in the jungle juice. Oh, my juice. God. He's like, there's no that's way. That's the worst. I was like, that's the point, brother. <laughs> I can't drink that stuff. I, what did you drink instead? Um, so in Pennsylvania, Yingling has a lot more beers, and their pale ale is called Lord Chesterfield. All right. And they call them Chetties. And that's like my favorite $2 beer. Nice. So I picked up uh, a case of that, and I was drinking those. I was going to say, I don't usually drink a lot of beer, but I was just in my head going, oh, where? I just got, it just got really like beer tipsy a couple weeks ago. Where was it? And I realized it was a day game at the Mets. I went to City Field and day drank with some old colleagues and we all took the day off and had a little outing. So, all right, dude, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Perfect. Who are we? We are the Not a Foodie Show. I am at Timmy Alley on Instagram and Twitter. Mikey, give the rest. Uh, we are Not a Foodie Show on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. And then you can follow my restaurant, Mikey Pomodoro, on Instagram. And you can follow my innermost thoughts about uh, the Yankees being terrible, uh, why ranch doesn't go on pizza, and uh, why chicken doesn't go on pasta on Twitter on, at Chicken Parm Poppy. You're just so so black and white with these things. I mean, sometimes ranch goes on pizza. I just got to say Ranch goes on shitty pizza. You can put all the ranch you want on the shitty pizza and I will not stop. Alright. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. Thank you.